The views on a breath of fresh air podcast reflects the parties involved, and we encourage you all to use it as a conversational tool that will lead to personal studies of your own. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Welcome to a breath of fresh air podcast. Here with your hosts, Earl Roberts and Nakaz Gay. As a young person, Christianity can be so foggy, like smoke in the mirrors and so unclear. But we're here to bring you a breath of fresh air. Hey, what, what the Israelites doing today? You know, I hear the trumpets going again. And it's kind of puzzling because, I mean, the last six days, he just been going around once and just going back to the city. But now it seems like they got a little bit more determined. I don't know. I don't know. Something's up. Yeah, I, I, bro, I've been counting and they done circled around there about six times. They, they about to go on the seventh time. Man, I'm just annoyed at these trumpets, man. They just wouldn't shut up. But hold on, hold on, hold on. I think they're, I think they're starting to shout. What's happening? Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. The wall is dropping! It was time for the nation of Israel to rise up and start taking control of the land God had promised their forefathers centuries before. However, God was not going to do this in the conventional manner. He was going to give the nation their first victory in the most unfathomable way. In this episode, we are going to discuss the Battle of Jericho in Joshua chapters 5 and 6. Be blessed. All right. Welcome back to another episode of A Breath of Fresh Air podcast. Thank you all for tuning in this week. Uh, we appreciate the support. It's housekeeping items at the beginning. Like and share this podcast. Uh, share it with a friend or family member. If you're on YouTube, definitely hit that subscribe button and that notification bell. Dang, I sound like a real typical YouTuber now. <laughs> hit that subscribe button and that notification bell to be notified when a new podcast drops. And like and also leave a comment. Helps out the YouTube algorithm a lot. And like I said, if you're listening in a streaming platform... Take the time out of your day at some point to like and subscribe on YouTube as well. Um, really appreciate all the feedback that we've been getting. We appreciate all the support. And, you know, we just want to help grow this thing by the grace of God and help to reach more people and just have a casual conversation about God and introduce people to the Bible. So we appreciate your support and helping, helping us spread the message. Um, and again, let's see, quick thought before... Before we start, before we go back into Joshua, I think for me, what I've been going through the last couple of weeks, it's so crazy because I mean, on the regular people who listen, it's been a couple of weeks before we actually, it's been a couple of weeks before this, between this episode you guys are listening to now and the last episode that dropped last week, it's been literally like almost a month, month or two. But in the last couple of weeks that we haven't actually been recording, it's just been 
a good time for me to sit back and reflect on all the goodness God has done. And I think uh, sometimes, like there's a verse in the Bible, be still and know that I'm God. See then Psalms or Proverbs, I don't have the verse right in front of me, but I think sometimes we get so lost in the hustle and bustle of life that we, that we don't take that time back to reflect on how good God has been to us. And it's kind, of, it's kind of fitting right now how we're going through the children of Israelite story. And we see time after time of how God has delivered them, provided for them. But it seems like right after that, we have this, what have you done for me lately mindset. Like God has brought us through many valleys. Some of us probably, he's brought us through more valleys than the mountaintops. But at the same time, we, when we look back, we can say, yes, God, you actually did bring me through that. You, you, have, you have worked that out for me. You have provided this job. You have provided money when I needed money. You have provided food. You have provided, you got me out of circumstances that I felt like I couldn't get gotten out of. And then sometimes it's good to like, just take a step back, even when you're in the midst of it, even when you're in the midst of the storm, just to say, thank you, God, reflect and be, and just, just have praise and gratitude. Because, I mean, for me, I'm guilty of that so sometimes. I'm just so in the hunt, so focused, so I'm goal-oriented, goal-driven that I, that I don't take a step back and just be still and reflect on all the good things God has already brought for me. So that's my thought, Kaz. You want to add anything to that? I mean, God is good. Even if we um, think about last week's episode, we were kind of emphasizing what God emphasized in that you need to be strong and courageous. And one thing that was so interesting to me and I just had to sh- I just had to share this on the part was last uh last episode I kind of mentioned how Joshua is now uh, um he's now embarking on a new journey he has a new job you feel me and I'm just thinking like he's probably nervous and so the Bible does the text doesn't say that he's nervous and it doesn't imply that he's nervous but for some reason the Lord keep telling him be strong and courageous if you read Joshua one God probably said that four times like three or four maybe even five times the exact thing be strong and courageous and on the part i mentioned that i felt like god was talking to me but it was a still small voice telling me that and when i say small it was a very small it was so small to the point where i thought that (laughs) i was making that up in my mind like bro come on you joshua two different people two different scenarios two different missions you are going to make a living for money, bro. This guy, he was leading the Israelites. You understand? <laughs> like he was literally about the God, about the Lord's work. I felt like at that moment while I was saying this on the pod, because we didn't rehearse that at all, you know, and this was, that was like com- completely straight off the top. I was thinking, bro, you, this is a reach. And what's so funny was I'm also, I felt like he was talking to me because I was starting a new job. You know, I was starting a job. Mm-hmm. in accounting which i went to school for but i had not worked in my field for my entire career and i was nervous and god was basically trying to tell you bro be strong and courageous so it was like a month until i start my new job and i keep telling myself every day be strong and courageous be strong and courageous on the day of my first day on the job it's so crazy i go to orientation school i get set up in the system everything i meet my manager she gets me a laptop for, for work and everything as we're as we're leaving literally i have my information my credentials already set up now it's time to go to work as we left <laughs> as we left uh-huh. from the, the like the center where you get the the, the computer open the door opens and we go to the elevator and on the elevator is a screen in deuteronomy that says be strong and courageous mm. so crazy cannot make mm. this up and it blew my mind 
And even then I said, this has to be a coincidence. Like, you know why? Because we read Joshua, but this was Deuteronomy mm-hmm. saying, be strong and courageous. Right. I think it's Deuteronomy 28, mm-hmm. 10. I, I'm probably wrong, but that's what I think. When I, when I went mm-hmm. and checked the, the, the text, bro, Moses was literally talking to Joshua. Telling him what the Mercy. Lord was saying to be strong and courageous. <laughs> so uh, by then it's like, bro, if you can't accept this, bro, you don't want to accept this. You know what I'm saying? And to me, that, bro, like, I, like that's, this is my testimony because I have not been in a scenario like this in a while where I know for sure that I had made the right decision that the Lord was telling me to make, you know, and there's so many mm-hmm. uncertainties. And I feel like I created these uncertainties, you know, I allowed doubt to cloud mm-hmm. my mind and I didn't, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't very um, persistent in reaching out to the Lord and really devoted and trying to listen to him. Like I was kind of trying to make my own judgment. Truthfully, I chose this because I felt like this was the best opportunity for me to grow. But it wasn't that I was saying, yeah, I know God is telling me to do this. After the fact, mm-hmm. you stand, bro, you got a new job, be strong, courageous, because I'm about to do great things to you. And I accept that and I receive that. And it's just interesting because this is another example where I see myself in the text. You know, this isn't mm-hmm. an apples to apples comparison, but I'm seeing a guy who is now, who has now new responsibilities and he's in a transitional phase and he's reminded that, bro, by God, that I have your back. I literally have your back. Mm-hmm. And just to recap on last episode, because we, you know, we spent a lot of time with this intro. <laughs> last episode is basically the first four chapters of Joshua. God was kind of instating him as the um, new leader of Jerusalem. And he was basically telling him, hey, I'm about to set you up the same way Moses was set up. So all of the respect mm-hmm. that Moses had in, in the surrounding Canaanite countries, you are going to have that, you know? So there's no reason to be intimidated by this job or to feel like Moses was such a great leader and to feel like you are inferior because literally everything I've done from Moses to make Moses be the person that he is, I'm going to do for you, you know? And yeah, that's basically um, chapter one through four. Um, uh, Well, chapter one and two, basically chapter Mm -hmm. three. I can't remember, but somewhere along the lines, they send spies (laughs) To go infiltrate. They sent some spies in, yep. And then you had uh they crossed. so yeah, so they sent some then chapter three is when they crossed the Jordan. So when they sent the spies and they came across a lady who's who named who was Rahab, a lady of, of the night, like yep. a lady of the night. Yeah. So Rahab and then Rahab essentially helped them and she saved them because she protected them against the people of Jericho who actually wanted to kill them. Um, she let them down and they made a promise with her. And they said, yeah, when we come back and destroy this town, if you put this red rope in the window, you'll be saved. So that was the promise. And then after that, all the, in chapter three, the people of Israel, they crossed the Jordan River. And then chapter four was when Joshua brought the people together. And you see how they actually crossed the Jordan River. And we've seen how God was saying, yeah, you need to be strong and courageous. And we see how all the Canaanite kings, after the children of Israel, finally made it to Canaan. We see how the, all the Canaanite kings along the coast heard of the Lord had dropped the Jordan River before the Israelites until they crossed, they until they crossed the crossover. And the Bible says the, the Canaanite king's hearts melted in fear and they no longer had the courage to face mm. the Israelites. And I think last episode, we were painting the contrast of how God was showing, telling Joshua, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. And then simultaneously showing how all the Canaanite kings simultaneously lost all of their courage to face the Israelites. Yeah. 
mean, just think about it though. Like you've been, imagine, like I just imagine, like imagine you set up your, you're set up so perfectly fine across a body of water. And these people just come across and you're like, oh boy, it's about to go down. <laughs> like you see this whole river that was supposed to be separating y'all just dried up and they just cross. You're like, uh-oh, this this a problem. Yeah. This is a problem. What I thought my safeguard just 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 turned against me. How could you compete against that though? You know, so you feel safe because there's a body of water, a, a large body of water that separates you two until there wasn't a large body of water anymore. Exactly. Like, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> we done I'm messed up. You. All right. So this, ep- uh, this episode, we're really picking up from Joshua chapter five, verse two. I really think Joshua 5, 1 should have been the last verse in Joshua chapter 4. But, you know, I don't create the rules. Um, so we're picking up now. We're going uh, to get into a brief talk about circumcision before we actually get into the Jericho. But we see, uh, picking up from verse 2, at the, time, at the time the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives and circumcise the Israelites again. Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the Israelites at Gebeth and Haraloth. I think it's one thing to point out too that remember this is like after their 40 years. So who knows if they were still even keeping up with the covenant of circumcision in the children in, in the Israelite camp. So I think God was saying, yeah, okay, like you guys are in Canaan now. Let's let's bring back this promise, this covenant before you guys actually start conquering lands. Let's 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 start off on the yeah, right let's, foot again. Let's let's get on one accord, you know. And that's that's a that's a consistent theme with God and the Israelites. Like I can't move and I'm not gonna move unless everybody on their P's and Q's. And we saw that we saw that with Moses at first. And so, <laughs> like I say, bro, like it's a lot of, it's a lot of parallels between <laughs> Joshua and Moses. When Moses, Moses had mm-hmm. already got the game plan of, of what to do. And now it was time to go to um, Israel, uh, Egypt to go talk to Pharaoh and all of that. And the angel of the Lord was, uh, well, one of the angels came in and was like, about to kill him because it's like, bro, you don't even have your household all circumcised. One of your sons or maybe both of your sons aren't circumcised. So they had to do that right then and there or death was going to be involved. Immediately. Exactly. So, so God oh. basically telling Joshua, we about to move in and it's it's a lot of spiritual warfare that's going to happen. And I don't need no chinks in our armor, you know. So let's let's get this covenant just as a safeguard for all of us. And um, yeah, so. And this would have had to happen because this is like the second generation of Israelites. And, and mm-hmm. we don't have any documentation of it happening before with them. And we see the Bible even going to tell us too, like, okay, we go from verse four. Now this is why he said to do so. All those who came out of Egypt, all the men of military age died in the wilderness on the way after leaving Egypt, which we know was going to happen because God said, okay, this whole generation who didn't have faith and that you guys could conquer Canaan, all y'all have to die off, and then your children will inherit the land. So just more contacts there. And they say, all the people came out had been circumcised, but all but all the people born in the wilderness during the journey from Egypt had not. It's just so funny how they just was like, yeah, okay, it worked for us, but yeah, I ain't going to put you to that pain. But you got to understand, bro, the Israelites was busy not listening to God. <laughs> so so if, we, if they worshiping idols, you know what I mean? If not even... Mm-hmm. Wait, hold on. Let me let me make sure I'm jumping the gun yet. Yeah. So if 
all right yeah so we okay yeah so if they was worshiping idols you know because <laughs> i get in my you know i get my stories mixed up right now my timelines but uh-huh. if they was worshiping idols and prostituting themselves in front of idols like like while well, mm. had them set up and all that i sure circumcision is one of the last things on their mind because they they doing far worse you know yeah and so I'm picking up in verse six, the Israelites had moved about in the wilderness 40 years until all men who were of military age died since they had not obeyed the Lord. But the Lord had sworn to them that they would not see the land. He had suddenly promised their ancestors to give us a land full of milk and honey. So he raised up their sons in their place. And these were the ones Joshua circumcised. They were, circum- they were still uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised all on the way. Thanks. Mm-hmm. And after the whole nation had been circumcised, they remained where... They were in camp until they were healed. Yeah, smart move. We don't want to be like Shechem. <laughs> yeah. I really wonder like if they were telling the stories, these stories to like each other back then or were these like just recorded afterwards? I don't know, bro. Cause I, I want to believe, you know, just based on Ellen White, where take, do with this information as you will. Right. Um, in one of Ellen White's writings, she said that Moses wrote the book of Genesis. Yeah, I mean, but even like, even if so, like, I mean, yeah, because I was, I was saying like, okay, because like, it's widely accepted that Moses wrote the first five books. Right, of the Bible. and so Moses would have already been dead at this point, right? So that means that's yeah, what I'm the, saying. Like, the legend would have already been documented. You feel me? And so, whether they did it or not, they had the opportunity to. Is all I'm saying because the writings were there, like. Yeah, I just want to know, like, if they, if they, if they just knew the Shechem story. Like, <laughs> the current people we are reading about know about the gen- the stuff that happened They in should. They should. They should know their history because at the same time, you know, they valued their ancestors a lot. And, and I feel like they probably do to this day, like, the people in our region. You know, and then, you know, there's a lot of uh, cultures who really value their ancestors. Abraham mm-hmm. being the ancestor in question I'm talking about, you know, his, his grandchildren were the ones who, like, attack, like, Shechem. Wait, was it his grandchildren? His great-grandchildren, so Jacob's sons. Um, and so, yeah, my, I was oh so they knew, but who knows? <laughs> who knows what this group of people care about, bro? Like, <laughs> that, is, that is true. That is true. Okay, so I think we're in nine. Yeah, then the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. So the place has been called Gilgal to this to this day. Here's that to this day again. And then verse 10, on the evening of the 14th day of the month, while camped at Gilgal on the plains of Jericho, the Israelites celebrated Passover. The day after the Passover, that very day, they ate some of the produce of the land, unleavened bread and roasted green. The manna stopped after this day. They ate this food from the land. There was no longer any manna for the wow. Israelites. But that year they ate the produce of wow. Canaan. I mean, it makes sense. Like they're no longer in the wilderness. I want to. I want to say something, but I don't really have a point. But I still want to make. I still want to mention this. A lot of things have been happening around the time of Passover. It's like significant mm-hmm. things always happen <laughs> during this time, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like. I probably I'm probably gonna forget about something that happened while they were in the wilderness, but we know that the literal Passover, 
you know, the first time. Mm-hmm. Now, this time, when they enter in the line of Canaan, this, and this is a milestone, bro. You understand what I'm saying? This is a milestone. Um, of course, Jesus was crucified during, during the time of Passover. These just a few things that I'm thinking just off the top of my head. But at the same time, even mm-hmm. when we read, when we read um, the Torah, when they talk about the Passover and Exodus, they say this is, this is a sign that should be kept in your hands and in your, in your forehead. You know, that's like, that's, that's, um, what's it called? Hebrew. That's a Hebrew term that that's commonly used. You understand for governing your thought system, Mm -hmm. your thought process and the work you do. And we can see how they are literally keeping this Passover. There's something that never changed, you know, like they implementing don't worship idols. But you you can see where they break that law many times. There's many laws they break, but (laughs) this Passover one, they definitely keeping it. And it's a lot of like, um, t- moments in time that could be associated with during the time of the Passover. And I mean, to like, even to make it more personal, the reason why I think they celebrate now Passover is because, I mean, it really celebrates their freedom. Mm-hmm. As, as ironic as that song, just because and the reason I say it's ironic is we see how many times they complain to go mm-hmm. back to Egypt. But that really celebrates their freedom. Because, I mean, think about us, like in the Bahamas, we still have our Emancipation Day. Like we celebrate that and we've been removed from slavery for several <laughs> generations now. Segre- segregation and racism is a different thing, but like slavery itself, like it's been abolished for a, couple, for, 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 for a good yeah. long time now, but we still celebrate Emancipation Day just because we know like what that means for our people. Like this, we were, we were free people on that day. And for them, the Passover symbolized when they got their freedom mm-hmm. back from Egypt. Like we were no longer slaves on this day. So I think that's why it holds so... So so important for them. They're like, yeah, that, that's our freedom. Yeah, true, true. You don't lie at all. But but this this gonna be like a case study of mine. Just looking at all mm-hmm. of the um significant another one yeah, of your yeah, case you studies. Know, you know, I go. <laughs> you're gonna need to hire, you're gonna need to hire an assistant just to keep track dog, of these. Bro. I can need like an analyst. Hey, <laughs> what were you to say? What's this? What's our score in jewelry? What's our score in alcohol? Oh uh, my. Okay. Oh, pardon me. So now, so yeah, and, and then and the next thing too, going back to that same uh, mana from heaven topic, it's like we know the mana was supposed to sustain them while they're in the wilderness, but now we're seeing this even more symbolization now. Like you guys have made it to Kenan. You guys have made it to Kenan. You might not have a the line might not might not have been divided amongst you yet, literally, but you guys have made right. it to Kenan. All the produce of the land is yours for the taking. You guys are supposed to eat from this land. The land itself can sustain you. Now, there's no need for mana to fall from the sky. No more. There's no need for quails to come and, I don't know, fly around the camp. I I, I don't know what the quails yeah. are really doing. My now apologies. they get milk and honey. Now you get the feast on milk and honey. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to know how good this I milk want to know, is. I want to know if this honey. is figurative language, bro. Like milk and honey. <laughs> like the job show, you're like cattle already. You understand what I'm saying? Like. Of course, probably ain't no honey in the desert for sure. But yeah, I think that's just fig- figurative language for saying how fruitful the land was. Could be wrong, but that's just the way mm-hmm. I think about it. <laughs> I mean, natural pure honey is good yeah. though. Them bees be doing something, <laughs> boy. I ain't gonna lie. Anyway, I, I, yeah, I, I, I was gonna bar. go on a tangent. You can see me in shape. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the fall of Jericho. That's where the story gets mm-hmm. interesting. Okay, so in verse 13, now Joshua was near Jericho. Remember, Jericho is the same city that the two spies encountered Rahab 
in chapter two, he looked and he saw a man standing in front of, in front of him with a drawn sword on his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, are you for us or are you for our enemies? Now, I know Joshua was always told to be strong. I, ju- I just was right thinking now. that. I just was thinking that. Because, <laughs> like, I don't understand, right? We're going to we get into this answer in a bit, right? But, guys, if I see someone in the middle of the road... Already drawn, bro. Get, bro. I <laughs> <laughs> Wow. You I ain't coming out the car <laughs> unarmed because we're eh? I'm being like, are you for me Bro, or against me? But like to me, I don't even think it matter at that point. You understand what I'm saying? Because I'm like, if your answer is no, then what is my <laughs> next move? <laughs> Like you don't have to ask that because you can find out sooner or later, bro. Like, but you gotta be ready. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe these guys—they had such honest war war rules. You understand what I'm saying? That you can't sneak attack no one. You have to make them know for sure. You know, we fighting or whatever. But I know I looking at I looking at Joshua and, and you know you know Joshua is someone who is a warrior. You understand what I'm saying? So we probably mm-hmm. looking at this different like Joshua probably think I could take this poison or I, I probably well off regardless of what he say. You understand what I'm saying? So let me just find out before I assume. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I I just was like, how this man, like he just boldly approached him. I guess that, cur- that courage really, really settled in yeah. pretty quickly. Um, And then we see the person responded, neither. He replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Hmm. So that, that was interesting now. So now this person who you approach boldly, ready have their swords drawn. Hmm. You ask him, you for us or against us? No, the person says, I'm neither. Your game. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I can tell you, you're in your little game what you're talking about, though. <laughs> but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And to me, I'd be like, so, so, so you ain't that's what I, that, bro. Thing? That's what I'm saying, bro. That's what I'm like. Am I not a, a soldier for the Lord? No, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> if you, if you was the captain of the army of the Lord, like, I don't fall under that no type of way. You know what I mean? Like, wait, like that, like, but then I guess it was saying too, like, like, are you on my side or not at the end of the day? I think that's what we're trying to get across. Cause I mean, no matter what, like me being on your side is almost irrelevant. Or you need to be on yeah, my yeah. side. Because he's saying, bro, I am on yeah, the winning like you, side. <laughs> you, you about to go fight this battle of Jericho, but this is a bigger fight I deal with, bro. Like, this is a petty thing to me right now, bro. Like, this is I, I ain't trying to be distracted by by your Jericho fight right now. I have, a, I have, a, I have a more serious point I trying to make. You feel me? And then to get onto the more important, well. Important part, then Joshua fell face down on the ground and reverence and asked him, what message does my Lord have for his servant? My Lord have for his servant. And in verse 15, the commander of the Lord's army replied, take off your sandals for the place you are standing is holy. When was the last time we heard this exact phraseology? At the burning bush. At the burning bush. So that's a, that's a the second parallel. And, and we ain't really keeping count, but just making observation. No, <laughs> we, we ain't hire your sister so this this another parallel. So we see where you know the covenant of circumcision was essential in in 
that just even when they was about to enter this new territory. And then we also see where God himself had to send a message to Joshua. And at the same time, it was at a place of holy ground that he did so. So, so like, I feel like, I feel like Joshua is really just being acclimated to everything. Well, he's kind of being molded in the same way that Moses had been molded, you know? So Joshua, Joshua got the kit. He got the starter kit to be the the great leader of Israel, you know? (laughs) The starter (laughs) kit if there ever was one. (laughs) All right. So now something, something like kind of, I want to point out too, is that, um, Going back to the whole, like, I guess, revisiting the whole 13, 14, 15, since we have it in its totality right now, is like, we see first Joshua approach this unnamed character. I was like, are you for us or against us? Right? Person said, neither. I've come. Person said, neither. That means I ain't on your side and I ain't against you. Right? But I've come as a, but as the Lord, as the commander of the Lord's army, I've come to you. Now we see Joshua fell face down and reverence, essentially submitting to this person. And he said, what does my Lord have? And to me, that really shows like total submission to God right there. Like, yeah, I'm supposed to be the big, bad leader. Not bad, but, you know, figure of of speech. I'm supposed to be the leader of the children of Israel. I'm supposed to be their commander in chief terminology, lack of a better word. But now I know for some, some way, somehow we're supposed to conquer Jericho. I really don't have the slightest clue how we're about to do this. But now you come as the commander of the Lord's army coming to give me instructions. And like, you already say what message did the Lord have for his servants? See, Joshua's like, whatever you have, let me know. I need your answers. I am going, whatever you say to do, we're going to do. I'm going to submit to you because I know you are where my help is going to come from. So, and 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 to me, that's just important too, like just important part to point out, like, as we see in the first, in the first, in chapter 13, he was super courageous, super like, yeah, I'm ready to, I'm ready, I'm, I'm ready to figure if you, if you, if you ain't, if you, if you fall enemies, I guess we're going to have all of the smoke. <laughs> You be gonna have these problems. For sure. But as soon as he figured out it was God, it was like, oh, almost like a change of attitude that, that you almost could miss. He was like totally submissive mm-hmm. after that. It was like, oh, this God, okay, cool. We I don't I, we don't have we don't need we don't have any problems up in here. Let you know right now, bro. I hear to worship and serve you. Just say the word. <laughs> Just say the word. <laughs> All right. So um now we're going to Joshua 6. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. <laughs> and to me, this goes back to how uh, Joshua 5 started. Well, starting. So in verse 1, we said, their hearts melted in fear and they no longer had the courage to face the Israelites. And so we know Joshua, Jericho would have been like the first city that they would have reached right across that river. So Jericho was right there standing, looking at them. And so now we see the, the people of Jericho I don't know what they were called, Jerichoites. <laughs> That's what I'm going to just term, term them as, Jerichoites. <laughs> the Jerichoites, they, they barred their city gates even before the Israelites make, be, be entered. I guess as soon as they crossed the river, they were like, yep, we're first on the chopping block. Okay, yep, no one in, no one out. <laughs> and then again, they probably they already knew, like, yeah, we already had spies in here. So they might have been a little extra paranoid saying they already know how our city operates. So then we see, then the Lord said to Joshua, I've delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. I just want to point this out again. We see it. They ain't do nothing yet. They ain't do nothing yet. Like even though chapter six started off, just let, just paint, just paint the picture of how Jericho was already secure. 
they ain't do nothing yet. This angel of the Lord, this the Lord, the commander of the Lord's army is still talking to Joshua. He's saying, guess what? I've already delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king, along with its army. It's already done. Done. It's already done. Like y'all ain't y'all ain't even re- y'all didn't even get ready for battle yet. But the city is already delivered into your hands. But here's here's what I need you to do: march around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have the seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horn in front of the ark, and on the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them song a long blast on the trumpets, of the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up and everyone straight in. If you was Joshua, how would you feel when you heard this? Your honest reaction. Bro, I'd be hype. Yeah, look, I'd be hype. But you know what I'd be feeling? Don't mess this up, bro. You understand? This is my first mission. You understand what I'm saying? Like, this is my first mission as leader and this is a big job. Don't mess this up. But from you tell me, you already delivered a city and the, the fighting men and the kings in my hands. I hype, bro. Like, I am hype, bro. Like, I on cloud 20. Like, I ready. Like, I am ready, bro. Because, like, you are, I'm a warrior. This is what I do. Like, that's like, that's like mm-hmm. you, um, you playing competitive sports and someone already show you, assure you that this big um team that's so hard to beat, bro, y'all got them in the bag. And they, and they could assure you of that. Like, and, and it's the truth. You go in there with all type of confidence. Like, you trying to do stuff that you never, never even try to do because you feel like there's no way I can fail this. Like, I just go there with the freedom because I have the certainty that we are victorious in all of this. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because the, um, the Lord, the, um, you know, the captain of the army of the Lord said this. But even from Rahab's side, they were scared from Moses' time. We hear about how Moses, mm-hmm. that's what Rahab telling the spies. We hear about what Moses them do. And we hear you all coming back and we melting with fear. That's why she, that's why she betrayed her own country. Just for her freedom. <laughs> you know what that is? Rahab really sell what? them out though. We go, Rahab really but sell it's them so out. funny, bro, but because it's like in Rahab defense, right? But it didn't make no sense. All us dying, bro. Someone got to tell a story. <laughs> it didn't make no sense. I die with y'all, bro. Because y'all could die. <laughs> someone, someone got to tell the story from the Jericho White exactly. perspective. Man. I mean, but it's, it's like she sell them up, she them up, like you say, for the right cause. I'm like, God, y'all. These people, they, they, they just walk through. We, see, we have seen what they've done to Egypt. It's so funny because Egypt was... Quite a yeah. ways away, but all these Canaanite kings knew what they happened in Egypt. <laughs> they knew what happened in Egypt, and it was like, okay, this is seeing people like for no technology, word really got around oh, yeah. fast. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. And what's so funny is like this story so ancient. This before all of the well-known ancient kingdoms that we popularize today. Like this. This before the Rome, mm-hmm. this before mm-hmm. Greece, this before Persia, this before Babylon, well, King Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon. Like, this is so ancient. And the reason why I said that, the reason why I like, want to paint that picture out, because like back in, like when these big empires started to come on the earth, that's when we got like more like 
cohesiveness in this region with more like, okay, male men carrying mail to different places and stuff. But I'm like, this is before that, but these word just got around fast. That's that was essentially my point. Word got around fast. Because cause think about it. When they when they defeated Egypt, I can't remember the names, bro. And I, I need to do better at trying to memorize who these people are. But you remember, like, they just was in the wilderness and, and one of the Canaanite clan sneaked them from behind, come like they trying to kill them. So then you wipe mm-hmm, them yeah, out. Yeah, you yeah, understand yeah. what I'm saying? And, bro. It was like the Moabites right, or something. You feel me? And then, so you could just know but it's real. You, you could know but it's real. Like, I ain't gonna lie. Like, for real. Like, because Israel, they already win so many battles in historic fashion, but then they take a big L 40 years prior, you know? And the people make a mockery of them because they saying, hey, guardian, mm-hmm. your guardian saying nothing. But now we see 40 years later, our God back and and he he riding for us again because he was riding for us before and that was because of what we do. But he riding mm-hmm. this time. <laughs> yeah, back oh, with yeah. vengeance. All right, so picking up in... Joshua 6, verse 6. So Joshua, son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the ark of the covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And he, and he ordered the army advance, march around the city with an armed guard going ahead of the ark of the Lord. Now, if you was these people in the army, how would you feel? As Joshua would be hyped in the army, I'd do it, but I would have probably like a little slight reservation, like, we just going to march? I'd be like, cool, I ain't got a fight per se, but we just marching around the city. It's just supposed to just get like a morale, like a like a like a pep talk, like we got this guy, so let's I go. Think, like this is a fair tactic, this is an intimidation tactic. I think Joshua would have had to been a, a strong leader and keep his, his people hyped during this time. Like we it's a method to this madness and make sure they know that. You understand what I'm saying? And make sure they know, oh, we can get busy. We can get to work, but we just got to do this first. You understand? So it's a little odd, but yeah. <laughs> and then to me too, it's also kind of interesting too, because like the ark doesn't normally go with them mm. into battle. They usually like leave the ark behind because I mean, that's Israel's prized possession because it was literally where God dwelled mm. among them. So like it's to me, it was, it was just so, to me it was how the angel essentially tried to say that, well, God essentially saying, you know what, with this victory, I'm going to make sure y'all got, you guys know this victory isn't from your hand. The command, the command of the army of the Lord is here. I already tell you, the battle is already yours. The victory is already done. Here's what you need to do. But to emphasize this more, priests and the ark, they don't go to battle. So the matter of fact, they essentially leading this charge which y'all are they like the main center point in this charge going around me trying to put the emphasis on saying, guess what? This bottle is the Lord's bottle. Y'all are just, I don't want to use the they word instruments. Pawns, but y'all, y'all are just instruments. Yeah. Instruments in bringing about mm-hmm. this victory, but this victory going to happen with or without. Yeah. And, and truthfully, <clears throat> that's literally how God gets down. You know, and that's the point of it all. You know, I just look at my little nephew who is not a year old. Imagine him getting up saying he's going to cook and do all these things. It's laughable. You understand what I'm saying? Because 
you have parents who are your providers, you know, in the mm-hmm. same way how we are God's kids, you know, and he is our provider. And the difference is he knows the beginning from the end, you know, he knows all, he knows every reality and every outcome of every action that you're about to make. So how you know that it's like, we don't, we don't know enough to take things into our own hands. We can make strong assumptions and sometimes we are right. But at the end of the day, if you want to move and be as efficient and to live in your purpose and to just do this, just live to your potential, you, you can't do that without God. Like you can't accomplish these things without God and you and God, Y'all can count, or two y'all can count, occupy the same space. Someone got to be the leader. You understand what I'm saying? And somebody have to be the instrument. And and that's kind of, mm-hmm. we, we mentioned that earlier with um with Enoch and the Enoch story when he was, when he had his child, and just based on patriarchs and prophets, heard um, Ellen White's depiction of it, he learned how to become fully dependent on God after seeing how his child is fully dependent on him, you know? And that just changed his whole attitude to life. And that's what God basically saying, yo, all of these things, Moses seeing do these things before, bro. And so neither will you. It's mm-hmm. me every time, you know, but I can't work in you if you if you being pessimistic or you being scary, you know, let's be let's be courageous because I I good for it. Basically, why you don't don't come here, treat me like you won't show about me. I ain't ever give you no reason not to be sure about me. So you got to be strong. And so guess what? I basically telling you to do stuff what take away the possibility of it being from your own will. I ain't telling you go and get a big um a big log and let's let's break down the walls. I ain't telling you do that. You understand what I'm saying? I telling you walk around. I telling you do stuff where it's like there's un- it's undeniable that it was it was me who did this. Like you said something that really like stood out to me too, because it really just shows how much faith Joshua had. Like you say, oh, just like you talk from the perspective of God saying, God was saying, yo, Joshua, you know who I am. Like, don't have, don't be hesitating. And to me, I was even thinking about, I was saying like, oh, I might've hesitated. But to me, when you hesitate, the moment you hesitate, that's a lack mm-hmm. of faith. Because God already told you the city is delivered. I'm telling you what to do. And if you in your mind saying this ain't going to work, then you're already losing out. Because we see, we're going to see how Joshua did not hesitate to tell the people what God had said, and he did not hesitate to act either. And to me, that, to me, that was, that's where that courageous and that strongness comes in. Because imagine Joshua having to convey this message to the people. Yes, God has already delivered delivered this to us, but you have to talk with such conviction and such and such belief that the people are going to believe this is going to work because they're going to get that faith and that courage from you now because they ain't talking to God directly. Because I'm like thinking about what. You as a leader, you have to convince, like, think about it. Like, because like, we, like we're saying, it doesn't logically make sense. They're going against their custom. The ark is going to go into war with us. That doesn't make sense. The priests who, the priests don't even stay with us in the camp because they're set aside. They don't get their hands dirty. They're going to they be in fighters. war with us. So now you have to, you know what I'm saying? They're literally, they're literally not fighters. They only good for the ark and the temple. That's literally their whole purpose. You know what I'm saying? It's like you, you are a trained warrior. You, 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 you train with the axe and the bow. When you seeing a priest come up there, you're like, Bro, yeah, what you doing? Like, why are we, why are we going? How this isn't safe. Like, why are we going about this method? Like, they are like exactly of weapons. Exactly. Y'all got trump. Y'all coming. Y'all coming to battle with trumpets. Yeah, bro. Like, <laughs> what you about to do? 
Exactly. So I say all this to say that you see like how much faith and how much courage Joshua really had to have. And we're seeing it now, even, and it's so funny because even in a place where you think he doesn't have to have courage, it's almost takes more courage to bring this message because it's, it's easy to go to an army and saying, how are we going to win this fight? We are going to fight. It's harder to go to an army and say, how are we going to win this fight? We're going to walk around the city and we're going to play trumpets. God has already delivered it, delivered, delivered the city into our hands. We already have this victory, but to sell that message, and to me, selling is a bad term because selling comes with so much negative connotations, but to deliver that message so effectively, to have your army buy in, to not question you and to not go without hesitation, to me, that takes a lot of courage, a lot of strength, and a lot of faith. Because Joshua himself did not hesitate. Boy, them Israelites, one thing they is do is, oh, they <laughs> And they can complain. complain. bro, like, for real, for real, like, for real, and it don't dance, bro. That's that's they trademark. You understand what I'm saying? And it don't take <laughs> much. So, and, so I'm saying the man fact that Joshua said this delivered this message so had to be with such strong conviction for no one else to hesitate or go against it. Just shows like that, like he was completely sold, and that enthusiasm and that confidence exuded out through him that no one else questioned mm-hmm. it. Now we see. When Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven, the seven priests carrying the trumpets up before the Lord went forward, blowing their trumpets. And the Ark of the Lord's Covenant followed them. The armed guard marched ahead of the priest who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard followed the Ark. All this time the trumpets were sounding, but Joshua had commanded the army, do, do not give a war cry. Do not raise your voices. Do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout. Then shout. <laughs> Wait, so imagine, imagine, someone, so imagine yeah. this, bro. Y'all going on a like, think about it now. Like, and it's a bad example, right? But forgive me. So now you know when you see every like army drill sergeant going, you know, they have their own little chance as they going along marching, right? So now you have the trumpets playing and we marching, but we Silence. can't even talk. <laughs> like a frontal procession running around the place, man. Bro, that's that just go to show like you you bro, you literally have to have discipline when God telling you to do something, bro. Like this ain't no joke mm-hmm. vibe. Like I just make all y'all get circumcised before we go on and do this. You know what I mean? Like this ain't no <laughs> this ain't no playful thing, bro. This is this is serious business. And then they ain't learn it yet. But boy, does it pay to listen to God when 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 he gives you bodily instructions. Because if you don't, it could be serious ramifications. For your actions. <laughs> For sure. Oh my. So we see in verse 11. So they had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling at once. And the army returned to camp and they spent the night there. Joshua got up early the next morning and the priests took the ark of the Lord. The seven priests carrying the trumpets went forward, marching before the ark, blowing the trumpets. The armed men went ahead of them and the rare God followed the ark of the Lord while the trumpets kept sounding. So on the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. And then the Bible said, you know, they, they did this it's, for six like, days. This, so, you know, we're not going to... This is how you know the people of Jericho is scared, bro. That would intimidate people me, did. I ain't gonna lie. Because the mere fact that they ain't trying to come in. <laughs> See? That, that's psychological is, warfare. Y'all could have shoot arrows at them. Y'all could have started attacking. <laughs> oh, oh, all right, y'all, y'all around here with trumpet and ink. All right. You see what I said? Right. That's how, how you know right. they were seriously scared. Because these You're these right. my enemies for sure. We I know what I know why y'all are here. It's no secret. Y'all coming to y'all coming to fight us, right? And we we already prepared from since we see that y'all had um spies come 
to the point where mm-hmm. we lock up our city. Ain't nobody coming. Ain't nobody leaving. What's the plan from there? We do have our army. You understand what I'm saying? And my thing is, thank you from the Jer- the King of Jericho perspective, right? I trying to figure out how intelligent he was. You know, you got spies. And granted, I re- I'm going to preface this with saying there was nothing the King of Jericho could have done because the God already sealed the victory. Now, they might have had time, like you said before, pre-part, so I don't want to take your point, but they might have had time to, like, you know, plead for the protection or repent or whatever they want to do. But the city was still going to get destroyed. But I'm like, y'all didn't even really try to put up a fight. Like, you know, you had spies come to your city. I had a call for reinforcement. Hey, King and Night Kings, if we bond together now, we might be able to take them out. We know they stopping at Jericho first. If we all bond together and protect Jericho, y'all ain't got to worry about nothing because we could, we could, we could mm-hmm. stop them here. Bro, they had a whole week. You could, you could have sent spies or a messenger out to the different cities and say, bro, we need uh, y'all. Let me, let me shoot him some bail, right? Oh, you mean, you mean they had a whole week as they were surrounding the city? Nobody, yeah. but that was done, bro. Probation already closed by then, bro. You know, I was coming in and out them gates and because they right there. What you, bro, this daddy ain't safe. As soon as you open the gate to let someone out, all you see they run through or something. Wait, but they but they camping in one spring. Just just all Rahab let the two spies down the city wall. I am in my head counting because I have no idea how Jericho looks. So I'm literally this is what I'm picturing in my head right now, which could be wrong. I'm picturing, you know, the typical thing you see on cartoon on a on a or in um in like Game of yeah, Thrones, I don't know how to say the name, right? But yeah. Game of Thrones, like a fortified city, like you see like a big circle or a big square, tall, large walls, and maybe one or two possibly houses on different watchtowers along the walls. <laughs> possibly a possibly a <laughs> moat. You know what I'm saying? Because we in the lamb, we in the lamb full of milk and honey now. So we in the desert the most you could have you could have water yeah. in this moat protecting the city, a nice drawbridge or some of big city gates. That's what I picture in my head. So I'm like, you could send someone down. Let's just say the children of Israel was camping. I would say coming out how they was, they would be camping to the east of Jericho, just thinking of how they had how to cross the Jordan River going into the land of Canaan. So they'd be camping to like the east of Jericho. You could, you had, you had three other cardinal <laughs> directions to get people down this wall and make it to the next line. This is what I tried to show you, bro. When, 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 um, all right, so nobody, they, I think they, they, well, they could have known, but they probably didn't know that the Israelites was only traveling in the desert for 40 years. And after 40 years, they was making their way back this way, right? But my, my thing, my thing is we know, they, we, we all know they crossed the Jordan River but and they came in. That's what I'm trying to show you. The, the, when they see them, when they see the Israelites heading that way, the king of Jericho might have very well said, all right, we got, I got, let's set up a meeting or something. Because we got time. It could take them a while to walk around this Jordan to get to us. All you see the mm-hmm. next day, they was already crossed. <laughs> you understand what I said? As far as I know, they probably only had... But no, as far as I know, the, the King of Jericho probably only had three days. The three days it take mm-hmm. for, the, for the spies to go and hide um, somewhere until... Because remember Rahab, I think she said, like, lay up there for three days until they come back. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah. and at the same time, <laughs> the King of Jericho is probably still looking for them to try to kill them. You understand? And mm-hmm. so that would have... Pro- um, bonding together or coming up with a new tactic would have probably been the last resort. I feel like, truthfully... They just was completely unprepared because the possibility of this happen, happening probably did not strike them 
just didn't strike them as possible, like truthfully. Um, and then, like you say, nothing that he could have done. Their fate was already sealed, except mm -hmm. there is a possibility that this tactic of walking around the city, uh, the city for seven days, not only was a scare tactic, but it could have also been an altar call. It could have also been a situation where, similar to Rahab, you have the opportunity to surrender and submit to God. Because truthfully, I thought the mission was, we going in the Canaanite people, we driving out these people, we killing these people. You know, it was, I think it was the Moabites. I can't remember for mm -hmm. sure, but I think it was the Moabites whom, or maybe the Edomites, whom they just walk straight past. You know what I mean? They ask if they could eat and it's like, nope. All right, nope. we can keep it going. You understand what I said? And so yeah. it was certain people who God was like, all right, no, we ain't killing them. They saw it with me. They cool. You understand what I'm saying? Jericho is not one of them. So you're telling me if we trying to kill the whole city, this woman, just because she willing to um, commit mutiny towards her country, we sparing her too? Why? She still is a Canaanite, right? Eh? Only because she do you a solid? So that means it's a price to this. So that means anyone who do you a solid, you saving? No. It's just the fact that she recognized the power of the Most High God and she feared the Most High God and she did not want to obstruct what he was trying to do. You understand what I'm saying? So the Lord mm -hmm. showed her grace and mercy. I feel like, personally, I feel like this walking around for seven days was giving all of them people who was already afraid. The angel of the commander of the Lord's host said, they had already, they, they, they was already given to you, right? Rahab already mm -hmm. said, these people have already melted with fear. If you're already, if you're afraid of God, why are you fighting against God? If you, especially if you know he don't, he don't support idols. Why, why don't you, why, why don't you take this time to realize your, your God is the real God or your God is the most, is the, is the superior God. So we're going to submit to you. You understand what I'm saying? And I, I, I'll admit from a humanistic standpoint, that's a long shot because if you and I are at war, bro, it takes so much. Um, you, you, you really have to be a, the bigger person. It takes a lot of humility to just say, all right, I submit. Or I throw in the white fly, mm -hmm. white fly. Even like, even like with friends, like you and I, you and I could be having a disagreement. Sometimes, you could be spitting fox or I spitting fox, but the fact, the, the, the feeling of losing the bottle is not worth admitting that, bro, you, you teaching me something right now. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So sometimes you still fight your point, even though you, you Earl could have hit me with something. It's like, wow, that, that really makes sense. You understand? I'm probably wrong. You feel me? Like sometimes <laughs> it's too late to even back out of that. So you double down on your thing. You loud and wrong. You loud and proud. You, you you understand what I'm saying? And um, a lot of and and, and, and think about it. So that's arguing or debating. Imagine is fighting. Imagine is life and death literally involved. So I can see how it takes a lot. But truthfully, is it worth your life? Is it worth your salvation? Ask ask yourself that. You know, a lot of times we wrestle with these with these concepts, and a lot of times it it really from a man from a man's perspective, it can really something can really be just putting your manhood in jeopardy. It's a lot of people who, who are in the mm -hmm. grave right now because they wanted to be the bodice in this situation and it wasn't worth it. Bro, imagine, imagine if one day somebody sun you, bro, meaning somebody embarrass you 
someone humiliate you, ridicule you, beat you up, whatever, right? And um, they beat you up as opposed to you fighting back and end up losing your life, right? Imagine, imagine mm. what is worth it, bro. Are you are you willing to just not live again, <laughs> just end your life for the rest of your life? Put all your family members and friends through that type of pain over having one bad day where you just feel low and you feel humiliated because truthfully you can bounce back from that. You have years you can bounce back from that. You understand what I'm saying? You have opportunities to just not care. You have opportunities to do bigger and better things, but it's like, you don't have that opportunity when you die. So a lot of times, like the, the stances people take or just the, the, the battles people fight is, is really not worth it in the grand scheme of things. But Sometimes it mm-hmm. takes a lot of wisdom to even accept that, you know? And truthfully, if you ask the king of Jericho, if like, especially if people value their life, is it worth it? Like if you had known that I surrender and actually accept the most high God who is God, and I could have lived a full life and I could have actually keep my life, they probably would have done differently. I feel like if we could talk to people who have, who have died, they would have definitely done things differently in order to, to save their life. And I personally feel, and I could be wrong, bro, but I don't know how we could prove this truthfully. I feel like walking around for seven days was just, was just a reminder. It's like, it's like Noah and the ark. He preached, he preached for years. You understand what I'm saying? He preached for years, preached for years, preached for years. And these things was a reminder that something going to come one day. You understand what I'm saying? And so, so by the mm-hmm. time it was the seventh day, and this is, it's a parallel here because he stayed in the, in the ark for seven days too. But by that time, probation had already mm-hmm. closed for sure. Like the Lord had shut that in. Nobody <laughs> could get in that ark. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But, by, but by day seven, it definitely was too late, you know? And to me, the seven days uh, reminded me of something else in the Bible. We didn't get to the story yet, but I'm going to just, I guess talk about it now a little bit but it remind me of naming the leper from the perspective i'm talking about perspective from the israelites now because i'm i just want to exemplify how much fake walking around for six and seven days actually meant so story naming the leper he was um paraphrasing this way in the bible we we're we gonna take a while take us a while to get it but he was in charge he was in charge of one of the armies or one of the kings or something that effect and it was either Elisha or Elisha, one of the prophets. One of the prophets, just say that. Naaman was a he got leprosy. One of the pro, he went and went to one of the prophets saying, "Hey, I want to get healed from leprosy." And it was like, "You need to go in the which river? I think it's the Jordan, Jordan River. The Jordan River, the same river actually that they crossed, the Jordan River, right?" He was like, "You need to go. You need to go in the Jordan River and go dip down seven times." Name was like the Jordan River, bro. We I got better the rivers in my country that clean up. Why want me to do different yeah, dirty Jordan dirty, River? Yeah. And your boy was and the prophet was like, yo, you gotta go do as the Lord commanded. Like that's what he said. And it took him until the first, the first, the first time he went, nothing happened. Second, third, and time, nothing happened. He could have gave up, but he said there was still instruction was seven times. But you know, in our human mind, we would expect to see like you know, some tangible efforts by the time we done dip down five times. See, each time he went down, leprosy didn't move. But on the seventh time is when his leprosy was cured. And to me, just thinking about the children of Israel from their perspective, because, I mean, you, you made a great point with saying the, the, the people of Jericho were given an opportunity of a time for repentance. But, like, from the children of Israel's side, I'm thinking, like, yeah, it's a test for you all now, too. Because he already told you 
Because think about it too. God already told their ancestors that the land in Canaan was mm-hmm. going to be theirs. And they didn't have enough faith to conquer it. So even though I said that earlier that, you know, nothing could have been done for them to like reverse the land of, Can- the land of Jericho being conquered, to me, they still had to act in faith with God. Because likewise, nothing stopped the children of Israel from entering the land of Canaan but their own faith. Well, it- Remember, even with Balaam, nothing, Balaam couldn't curse them, but they could mm-hmm. curse themselves. So this is the same thing. So I'm saying to say this now, they had six days. I took faith. Because one day to listen to Jericho, they, they had to listen to Joshua, they had to listen to God. People took endurance. I don't know how big Jericho was, but they had to walk around it each a day and on the seven, they had to walk around it seven times before they could shout. And this was silent walks. Like we said again, this was silent walks. So you're all walking around. The only thing to make noise is the trumpets. And that, we didn't even know the trumpets was making noise the whole time because just they just say blow them at the beginning. So they might have started to watch, hey, march time. So we marching around. And then to me, <laughs> by the sixth day, you might have had all that hype and you're still doing this now because you, you, you are acting out of faith. But now you're thinking that you really start to analyze that, yo, this is a big wall. Could we actually do this now? We, I'm not saying the lock fit, but you're really saying like this is a massive wall and this nothing's been happening. This wall really sturdy. How are we really going to make it through there? So, I mean, in, in that they might even realize how helpless this was and it's only through God that they could win. So I'm thinking about like, it took them, they had to have faith, they had to have the courage and they had the endurance. And during that six days of silent marching, all that's really going to settle in and be exemplified because on day five, especially how they were doing something that quote unquote doesn't make sense. We're supposed to conquer this land, this new city, and we're not fighting. But it just shows how much faith they had to have because to me, that still, exo- that, that still exemplifies a lot of faith and a lot of courage because we've seen how a lack of faith could cost you. And, I was, and it's already cost their ancestors. I was going to say, like, if you, if you but imagine if their ancestors, like literally their parents, the generation above them, could have seen this. All of them would probably be sick to their stomach if they realize how easy it is it would have been for them to enter mm. the land of Canaan. Bro, you know, you know what it is? It was Joshua and Caleb. They come back based on their convictions. They say, we can take them. And the other 10 spies shared, they spread a, a, a report that was so bad that it put fail in the entire Israelite community to the point where they was willing, willing ready to kill Caleb and Joshua. And them, you know? And all you had to do was walk around something seven times, blow a trumpet, and then just mm. be there and you could just kill them? What? Like, if, if they could watch this and see how easy it was, like, I know they'd be sick. Like, wow, that's crazy. That's crazy. You know what I'm saying? And truthfully, because you brought up a good point, you understand what I'm saying? Like, the Lord, was give, the Lord has given them this, but you could mess it up. You understand what I'm saying? So while they was walking around this for seven times, they could have messed it up. But by the grace of God, they didn't mess it up, you know? And that lead us to um, chapter verse 15. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early about, about the dawning of the day and compassed the city after the same manner seven times. Only on that day, they compassed the city Seven times. Oh, on that day, they circle around yeah. the city seven so times. Let me change from the from the King James version, bro. <laughs> yeah. 
So, so in all, so in, in total, they marched around 13 times, six the previous days before, and the seven day they marched seven. So six plus seven, 13. And then on uh, chapter in verse 16, the seventh time around, when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, shout, for the Lord has given you mm. the city. The city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab, the prostitute, and all, <laughs> my word. <laughs> There's, that's a title though. <laughs> it's like Joshua, son of Nun, Rahab, the prostitute. Yeah. Yeah. And all who are with her in her house shall be spared. But she, because she hit the spies we sent, but keep away from the devoted things so that they will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring it into trouble. All the silver and gold and articles of bronze and iron are to be, are, are, are sacred to the Lord and must go to, into his treasury. Now that portion that we just read is going to be very pivotal for next episode. And, and, so stay tuned. It's interesting, for yeah, it. it's interesting to point out that this was verbalized. Mm-hmm. This wasn't something that you just assume we shouldn't do. Like this was direct mm-hmm. instructions, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, keep away from the devoted things so that you will not mm-hmm. bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. All the silver and gold and articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go to the oh, treasury. Spelt out pretty crystal like, clear. If you don't care about God, if you don't fear God, it's say, bro, you will do if so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking them. <laughs> it's so funny, like how we read in the Bible now. Are we saying, no, like some of these, your punishment is pretty bro, crystal like, clear. Like, <laughs> like when we was reading, like, like, like when, in Deuteronomy, when Moses was giving like his final speech, we were like, we see the curses. It will happen if you don't follow God. He ain't. Yeah. Bro, he spent like a whole chapter just talking mm. about the curses. Like the blessings was like, yeah, you don't, you do good. This going to happen to you. But if the you mess up. Slow. Boy, this that was happen. a long. This that happen. was a long. Very long and detailed. Very long and detailed. And it's funny because, you know, in, he ended up making a song. Like, let me document all of this because it's like, mm-hmm. I tell you all this, but I know what's going to happen. You understand what I'm saying? And it's funny because like, if you understand the new Testament and just the things that they, the Israelites have, the old Testament, I'm sorry. And the things that the old, that the Israelites have endured, it's like, you could really trace that right back to, um, to Deuteronomy, you know? And you don't have to question why, like the Bible does a good job of mentioning how the Israelites straight away, like after this point, the first time the um when they when they ended up in Egypt, the Bible don't quite mention how they end up in Egypt, but based on context clues, you can understand how not not how they ended up in Egypt, but how they ended up enslaved in, in Egypt, you know. Mm-hmm. But ever since then, it it makes it very clear how, how especially since God gave them rules, it makes it very clear how they broke those rules and they end up in this situation. And this is another rule, you know. This is to be devoted to mm-hmm. God. And this is similar, bro. It's like, this like y'all just entered Canaan. This is the first fruits. You understand what I'm saying? It's like, it's like when when um when when um God was saying how Israel is his firstborn, and Pharaoh, your firstborn is gonna go if you don't let my people go. These are first, like these mm-hmm. are first offerings and sacrifice that the Lord requires, and it follows a, a similar concept 
of other offerings that you have already made. This is not, bro, this is a no brainer. Like everything in, in, in Canaan is yours. Right now we're saying mm-hmm. right, like literally right now, this isn't even a, a every time thing right now. We're saying, yo, we on here on one mission. We destroying the city mm-hmm. and the things like the gold and silver, we, we give an offering to the Lord, you know? So I'm just glad to see that this was verbalized. You know what I'm saying? Like it leaves no room for, for interpretation or room for error. All right. So now in verse 20, when the trumpet sounded, the army shouted and the sound, and not the sound of the trumpet, when the man gave a loud shout, the walls collapsed. So now we've seen all the hard work has paid off. The six days previously marching around once, the seventh day, then the seventh day we marched around seven times. We shouted, the trumpet sound, and the walls collapsed. Just, I mean, to me, I'm just picturing myself standing at the walls of Jericho and just seeing these massive walls again. I already told you how I'm picturing Jericho. Just imagine like this big 25 foot wall just falling down in front of you. Like, wow. Like in sheer awe, because we literally did nothing. That sucks. <laughs> Imagine if you was one of the people who was like, you on the wall to look as the lookout and stuff like that, you know, like <laughs> crumbling. That sucks. And then we see, so everyone charged straight in and they took the city. They devoted the city to the Lord and destroyed with the sword every living thing in it, men, women, young and old, cattle and sheep and donkeys. Joshua said to the two men who had spied of the land, go into the prostitute's house and bring her out and all who belong with her in accordance to your oath with her. It's also like interesting how Joshua was like, yeah, you guys made an oath. We're going to honor it. Like you like, guys made the oath. It, like, Not me. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying too? Like, it's still like we honor because like, who told you guys to right. make this oath? <laughs> like, ain't that all going to do the that? Yeah. But it's like, you know, like she spared you guys and she looked like she following the law. We're going we gonna to honor this oath. Now we see, so the young man who had, who had done the spying went in and brought out Rahab, her father and her mother, her brothers and her sisters and all who belonged to her. They brought out the entire family and put them in the place outside the camp of Israel. Because we know the outsiders were staying, they were staying in the outskirts. So the wait, but hold on. With that being said, right? Mm-hmm. We, we, we could see how it's, it's actually common, bro, for outsiders to join the Israelites. Because they've mm-hmm. also they've often talked about uh this you uh, like in in the in the Torah they talk about you gotta do this and as well as the foreigner dwelling among you. It's like they say that and you could brush mm-hmm. apro- across that, but if you if you try to really analyze what they're saying, where does foreigner come from? Y'all in the desert. You understand what I'm saying? And y'all y'all approaching Canaan. Like y'all the only religious, y'all the only um people who follow the most high God as a people. All of these people, they probably mm-hmm. pagans. They probably Egyptians. All of them. You understand? They're more than likely Egyptians, you know? And so, hold on. Didn't we almost destroy, didn't we destroy most of Egypt? You know, understand what I'm saying? Like, we, we killed, their firstborns are dead, for sure. Ain't no firstborn alive in Egypt. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? That's wild, you know, when you're actually thinking about it. Like, a whole generation was literally yes. destroyed, bro. Think of, I mean, like... It's, I know there's a tangent, right? But think about it, like a whole generation was literally destroyed because all the firstborns, that means like any female who was around at the time, like you either got to marry a generation above you or a generation yep. below you. Wow, that's, that's crazy. Oh, that's like firstborn across, across the, the board. board. All like, generations, bro. 
firstborn of all generations. Like you could have just been born that year, and that's my first that's child, wild. and you done. <laughs> that's wild. But, anyway, check out our plagues episode. Sure. Of it. But what I'm saying is, <laughs> we can see where people who are against God and who have been historically against God and afflicted the people of God and really making a mockery of God and who have who have aroused God's wrath and are subject mm-hmm. to death because of all of these things are receiving mercy. The foreigner dwelling among mm. them. I feel like you like to me it, it proves that if you could if you could accept God, you don't have to because like because truthfully the God of the Old Testament is painted and is going to be painted as a no-nonsense type of brother. You understand what I'm saying? I'm killing all type of people, bro. Like, I'm killing you, bro. But then we in the New Testament, we see this, this other God, this other branch of the Godhead, who is Jesus, who is peace and love, or turned out of cheek. How does that make sense? You understand what I'm saying? And so it's like, definitely, you can arouse God's anger. And we've seen, bro, we can... We could go into how these these Canaanites and stuff, they was doing child sacrifices and all type of crazy stuff, prostituting themselves and the people of God to idols. Like they these 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 were a lawless type of people. They didn't have no morality because they didn't serve a God. They serve an inanimate object. You understand what I'm saying? And so they they uh, they they furiated the Lord's anger. And this is the result of that. You are going to die, like you're mm-hmm. gonna perish. But guess what? You don't have to. Isn't that crazy? We, we this is two nations for sure. We can show. I can show you Rahab from Jericho, and I can show you Egyptians, or if we just assume people who in the surrounding countries of the desert who would have been foreigners. There was foreigners dwelling among them, and now Rahab is an, is another um, addition to to the foreigners dwelling among them. And I just feel like. It ain't always it ain't always have to be a narrative of oh yeah God just didn't like these people or they worship different and so he killed them killed them killed them no y'all y'all had the y'all had every opportunity just like the people in in the, in the days of Noah had every opportunity to get mm-hmm. on the ark and I feel like this a this is this this another case study I feel like we're gonna see well God giving you an option you understand what I'm saying but you ain't taking it and you ain't seeing it as an option. You might be seen as a war tactic or all mind game, and you're just fighting the um the conviction that you feel, like the fail. You trembling. That's the Holy Spirit telling you, bro. Y'all in trouble. You guys are in trouble, mm-hmm. you know. But you don't you don't react to it in the way that can actually get your life and your soul saved. You know that 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 just kind of reminded me of that just seeing that um um Rahab was going to to dwell with the with the other foreigners among them. Oh, and a family, yeah. Yeah, and a family. Powerful. Where were we? 24. Yeah, then they burned the whole city and everything in it. But they put the silver and gold and articles of bronze and iron into the treasury of the Lord's house. But Joshua spared Rahab, the prostitute, with her family and all who belonged to her because she had hit the man Joshua had sent as spies to Jericho and she lives among the Israelites to this day. To that day. At that time, Joshua pronounced a solemn oath. Cursed before the Lord is is the one who undertakes to rebuild the city Jericho. At the cost of his firstborn son, he will lay its foundations. And at the cost of his youngest, he will set up Mm. its gates. Essentially, that curse says, you build this city, you and your offspring Mm. will die. So the Lord was with Joshua. 
And his fame spread throughout the land. The Lord was with Joshua and his fame spread throughout the land. And to me, this just goes back to how Deuteronomy was going and how Joshua was going too. And Joshua 1, 9, be strong and courageous for the Lord is with you. And now we see he was strong and courageous. The Lord was with him. And now his name is spreading throughout the land of Canaan. All the Israelite kings, not Israelite kings, all the Canaanite kings are now saying, oh, the Israelites are now in Canaan. And they're led by this guy, Joshua, son of Nun. And this guy ain't nobody. Yeah, this ain't Moses, bro. This guy going to war. Because Moses, I don't think Moses ever get to go to war for real. Like, they had a couple of no, bottles, some little, some little petty mm-hmm. stuff. You understand what I'm saying? But this this Joshua guy, oh, this is a different brother. Yeah, he, he yeah, built, built different. different. He built different. And that's what's up. And I, and I just want to take the time to celebrate this because up until this point, we hadn't, it's not, it hasn't really been any good stories. Like, stories that good things happen like these are good stories to talk about you know what i'm saying but mm-hmm. ain't been too much victories going on in the line um with the mm-hmm. israelites they exited um what's it called egypt that was a good story amazing mm-hmm. happy ending but then just from there it was just mm-hmm. yeah just going downhill bro like spiraling out of control yeah like i feel like the only good things is when moses was talking to god and that's cool but it have to be surrounded by him coming down from the from the mountain and seeing them just in complete defiance of God, you know, you have to take the good with the bad with the with the Egypt, with the Israelites, um, and this time we see it where it's, it's good. This like they get off on, on a good start, on a, on a, on an excellent start, and you know, just want just a little round of applause to the um, to the Israelites because they have now overcame with their with the generation above them could not overcome Moses couldn't mm-hmm. couldn't do this you understand because Moses wasn't listening to the T they circle mm-hmm. around seven times they follow everything to the T you understand what I'm saying and I know I just I just really appreciate I really appreciate how Joshua was starting off because it's like you read the Bible Genesis had a lot of good stories you understand mm-hmm. and it ended off on a perfect note or amazing note but ever since then, it just was rocky. It just was rocky, rocky, rocky with just a pinch of goodness and then more rocky, rocky. But the book of Joshua so far, there's two, two victories, two big victories. You know what I'm saying? They crossed the Red Sea and then they actually end up um, defeating the people of Jericho. Oh, my. Don't mind me laughing. I just know how to Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. See? And, and, and that's why I taking the time to celebrate. Yeah. Celebrate the wins. You got to celebrate the wins. You got to celebrate the wins. But just reiterate one of the points that I mentioned earlier, though. Like, the people of Jericho, these still God's, these still God's children. And we have a lot of unpacking and unpacking and unpacking to do with the Bible. It's a complete book. We say it many times. But it's also, it's, it also follows uh, a story. It follows a story from Adam and Eve straight up until Revelation, it follow a story, believe it or not. And I myself, I'm just realizing that this month. I thought I I really I really used to think like, because you know, we we take text all, all the time. It might just be one line text and we apply that to all type of different things. And I thought you could do the same for books of the Bible. You know, we have Job where we don't know chron- chronologically where he where he lies. You understand what I'm saying? But these are stories you 
you to understand to understand kings you have to understand Sam the book of Samuel you understand what I'm saying like to understand you have to understand the one before the one before so you could so you could get a picture of the story of the Israelites and then you could understand the story of Jesus you know we know what Jesus came for you could you could get that without understanding historical context you know what I'm saying but at the end of the day this is a this is a complete book and in in the New Testament you get you get where in like in the book of Galatians they would say stuff like the when the fullness of the time has come God sent forth his his son basically saying that because Jesus came we can be adopted into this culture but what about the old testament was that just completely off the books was God only for the Israelites in the old testament how fair is that in terms of fairness now of course we are not equipped to question god because our, our our knowledge and our brain is too is is too inferior to even understand the complexity of these things and back to job that's what god was trying to tell him this bad thing happened to you bro but let me could you want to run the world for the day you understand what i'm saying you want to run the cosmos you want to run the waters you mm-hmm. want to run the earth for a day you understand you your mining your mining bro you don't have the facility to to think the way you trying to think you don't have the you don't have the um you just you just seem qualified to have these opinions that you trying to have you understand what i'm saying exactly. granted mm-hmm. but my but my question based on the way jesus his mission and and the impact that jesus has it still applies like was this only for the new testament so somebody who was a gentile a pagan a canaanite whatever have you they can't be safe just because they was born outside of that and that's something where in this world bro we have a lot of people from a lot of different um um what's it called religions but at this time in, in the world it's actually very accepted you accept everyone's religion there's a lot of black people and I kind of was trying to talk about this earlier but it's a lot of black people in today's day and age who pray to their ancestors i respect everybody thought process because at the end of the day it's faith you have to have faith in something you know but a lot of people try to read the old testament and they get they get turned off because it's like oh no if you ain't christian or if you ain't following the most high god then you know we just as a op and god wanted to kill us how, how is this my how is this person how is this god a loving god you know cuz everybody ain't going to be born in that you know but we ain't we ain't, aren't we all mm-hmm. god's children but Joshua 1 through 6 and the Torah we can see we are born into this or not you have the opportunity to submit to god are you allowing your cultural differences the religions or the denomination or the thought or the or the teachings that you were raised by are you allowing that to stop you from accepting god accepting god The children of Israel have now entered the promised land and are conquering their enemies as instructed by the Lord. Their first victory was against the city of Jericho, and all of the spoils of conquest were to be dedicated to the Lord. But let's just say there was someone who didn't quite get the memo. But we'll talk more about God's wrath and a kind sin on the next episode of a breath of fresh air. Fresh air. Tonight's episode included voice acting by Jaden Roberts as well as your host Earl Roberts and the Cars Gay. Remember to go ahead and research on your own. 
in order to get a more firm understanding of tonight's episode. And if you enjoyed it, make sure to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. You can follow us on social media at a breath of fresh air pod on Instagram and B O F A P O D on Twitter. Thanks everyone. And we'll see you next week.